0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Krauss and welcome to The Origins Podcast. I'm really excited about this podcast, which is my second podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson, an old friend and colleague, and of course, one of the most well-known and recognized faces of science uh, around the world. Uh, Neil has come out with a new book called Starry Messenger about having a cosmic perspective on, on human issues. And I wanted to talk to him about that. And it was a great chance for us to have the kind of give and take that I enjoy having with him so much. And I think it's important for the public to see that. People often misinterpret the fact that we don't always agree uh, as somehow representing some some problems between our relationship. But it's not that. It's just the standard give and take of scientists being willing to have that conversation and not agreeing, but going back and forth with respect and enthusiasm. And so, of course, because uh, his book is really about how a scientific perspective is such an important part of human civilization. And that's something I've been pushing for my whole career and my whole career as a, as a public scientist as well. We obviously agree on those fundamentals, but parsing some of the things he says allows us to elaborate on some of that and, and talk about our different perspectives. And sometimes, as I say, we we, we disagree about a little about some of the um, emphasis and some of the issues, but really it allows us a, ch- a, a, a chance to give examples about the beauty and wonder of science in many different ways. And so the conversation was incredibly exciting for me and I hope it will be for you. You can watch it uh, without any uh, advertisements on our Critical Mass site, if you subscribe to Critical Mass, our Substack site. Of course, you can also watch it on YouTube, our YouTube channel, or you can listen to it on any of the standard podcast listening sites around the world, no matter how you watch it or listen to it. I certainly hope you'll enjoy it, but I I hope you'll consider either subscribing to us on Pod, uh, on Critical Mass or, or uh, on YouTube, but either way, I hope you'll consider supporting the foundation, which happens if you uh, subscribe to it on Critical Mass, because the nonprofit foundation, the Origins Project Foundation, is designed to do what this particular podcast is all about, to connect science and culture around the world in, in many different ways, and I hope you'll consider supporting that effort. So thanks again, and once again, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Well, Neil, thank you for coming back again to uh, to talk. I always have so much fun when we talk, and I'm looking forward to this.
1: Well, thanks uh, for having me, because I, you know, it's been a while. You don't call, you don't write, you know. Yeah, I, know a- I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, several exactly, years, but I,
0: I, I, uh, you know. Actually, I do call and write. You just don't answer, but... (laughs) No, is that what it is? Anyway, um, I... i check my inbox again. All right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I'm sure just one of the many. But um, one of the reasons I like our discussion so much is it it, is one of the reasons that I think people don't understand our discussions, because they reflect, for me, the friendly give and take that is really part of science and which really you talk about a great deal in this in this lovely book which i i will show because because i'm going to show it anyway because i i did really enjoy it but people think often think you and i don't like each other whatever because we argue and it's and it's but it's that friendly argument the fact that you can disagree or learn from each other and i think i like to think we both have um, I think
1: there's some moment when we were on stage uh, getting yeah. to some dust up, but of course we all go out for beer afterwards. And I think yeah, that's a very exactly. important distinction yeah. between what happens yeah. between scientists and apparently everybody else today.
0: Yeah. But I, I do remember that one time on stage, and you know, I wasn't one of the ones that was either holding you or, or wanting to hit you. So, that so you know, I was oh. just watching, but maybe I may have felt like it, but I didn't get up and do it. <laughs> Anyway, I want what I want to do is, is talk, I want to talk about the new book, which I really enjoyed a lot, even though, I, I, you know, there there are issues that I have that we're going to discuss. But it raised it raised perspectives uh, that were interesting and caused me to think, which is, of course, really the point of of books. And um, um, but and, and you know, we don't have to go into your origins because we've done that before, uh, even though this is an origins podcast. But I do want to I do want to ask about the origin of the book in some sense. What? Uh, what caused you to take this 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 tack i know you've thought about these things and often reflect in things like your tweets and other things you try and pre- present what you would say is a cosmic perspective um for a long time i think i've known that and and but but what caused you to 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 write this book basically
1: well, let me first blow a little smoke your way and okay. say that uh, this the whole concept of origins is so fascinating and such a challenge, it's a scientific challenge, an intellectual challenge, an emotional challenge. How do you know how something got there when you don't have more than one example of what it is that got there? And so the fact that you're maintaining, you're continuing to carry this torch, which has been burning in bits and pieces around funding streams, you know, for a few decades now, but I, I don't hear much about it lately, except through your efforts. So, oh, uh, so I just well, want to thank you. Okay. S- well, send that could, your way. We can end the podcast now. Oh sooner. Well, okay. <laughs> anyway. So uh so uh yeah, the origin I, I would say was when I was in middle school, where I'm I'm ascending rapidly in my science literacy from books I'm reading and the science classes I'm enjoying, and I was an amateur astronomer. And the oh, in case people don't know, um to say you're an amateur astronomer <clears throat> is actually a statement of ability not a <laughs> it's a statement of talent okay <laughs> you would never go to an amateur neurosurgeon okay <laughs> yeah. but but if an amateur astronomer moves in on the block that's a good thing yeah, they're going to have idea. a backyard telescope they're going to show you the night sky yeah. they're going to point out the constellations they're going to show you their magazines you know it's yeah. their photos yeah so so i had this this level of science literacy in early middle school like when i was thir- you know 12 13 14 and i'd walk around and i'd see adults like full-grown adults say things and do things like what what don't you know don't don't you know what how come you don't i know but you're three four times my age and to see Otherwise, rational adults who are in charge of things, who are running for office, who who wield resources, be let me say, victim of mm-hmm. of of their own on on what what would they be victim of? They're they're a victim of an educational system that doesn't value science enough mm-hmm. to guarantee that everyone coming out of school is scientifically literate. So that mm-hmm. when in 1973, because that's how old I am. Comet Kohoutek was coming around. It was billed as the Great Christmas Comet because that's about when it was going to round the sun. Yeah. And it was discovered farther out than any previous comet. So when you do that, you say, this is going to be a doozy. But it turned out it wasn't very loose with its gases, okay? And so it, <laughs> it, it, no, you, the comet has to be sort of loose
0: enough so that <laughs> the, the Loose with its sun... gases. I love that. I'm going to... That's a, that's a Neil quote I'm going to use. Uh, yeah, I don't, but in context, okay? So,
1: <laughs> so uh, comets that have been jostled a bit, there's more capacity for them to, more ability for them to generate these gaseous plumes in their tails. But this one didn't. But that's not what matters here. What matters is astronomers discovered the comet. Mm-hmm. Even well before it was visible to the naked eye and i saw people adults on the street and i am 14 years old one carrying a placard repent the comet is coming is coming the end of the world is near and i said no it's not i can't I mean, how do you, you don't even, you did not even know about the comet till we told you and <laughs> yes. and these frustrations have accumulated my entire life observing you know uh, uh, casinos um, um uh, uh, uh uh new age festivals um mm-hmm. things where sort of adherence to scientific principles are loose if they exist at all yeah. and i said you know i don't have time to do anything with this awareness but i was taking notes i was taking notes and so uh, over covid Something I, I think I was I was gestating the book <laughs> my whole life, and yeah. over COVID it came to term. Yeah. Watching the vaccine denials and all of this, and this book was just birthed. And the funny thing is, I'm in this this uh, web universe called Goodreads, where a lot of readers yeah. talk to each other yeah. about their books. One person asked me, uh, "When you were writing this book, what did you do when you had writer's block?" And I said, "No, no, no. This was this was an entire." <laughs> this was. <laughs> I, I know writers' block, and I know how that can happen,
0: but it yeah. didn't happen with this book. Yeah, you'd been stuffed to just waiting to go. Yeah, and if you
1: remember from the book, there are there are examples of of cases drawn from my entire life.
0: Yeah, and I read observations that. observations uh, I've made. Yeah, I read that in in the in the in the af, in the acknowledgments, um, and and I also will say I've noted that about you, from you i knew you before you were you <laughs> okay and uh, and i think we go back to the 80s don't we 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 go don't back we go a back long way 80s? and i remember yeah. you know giving a talk and you were and your wife were in the back of the room and and you were observing and i think you Who by the reflected. way has a
1: phd in mathematical physics My yeah, wife does. yeah that's right yeah. Mm-hmm. and um
0: uh-huh. and uh uh exactly and therefore you know, has abilities. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, but no but, one else does. But you got to yeah, have yeah, that degree. Right. Of yeah. But um. Okay. Uh, but I remember sitting in the back of the room, and I think afterwards, you know, I came out, I ran back to see you, and um, and I I just remember you were commenting on on things that I'd said or the way I'd said it, and it was just clear to me you were you were, you know, you've really reflect on on have for a long time have reflected on not just things, but how to present them and how to think about them and it's sort of you know a cumulative effort and so yeah it's clear that this is a this is the result of of you know of, of a of a not just a lifetime of frustration but a lifetime of of scientific experience and and it's the kind of thing i you know i love i one of my favorite books of of all is a book by jacob bernowski about, about which is which is his version of this in the sense of the um uh, of 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 the need as he said science is whole and real it's not a matter of playing games you know, it's there whether you like it or not. And in any case, right. so obviously we resonate on that. Although, I, as I say, I'm going to try and there's some things I learned, there's some things that you present perspectives rather than opinions. But the question is sometimes whether, well, I, whether I want to ask you questions about your perspective. Sometimes I have, but I, yeah, I love the know, illusion. I mean,
1: thanks for, for noticing that. I mean, the book is, I think it's, uh, it doesn't soften anything that has to be said the way it needs to be said. And yeah. the, the the chapter titles go deep into everything that divides us today. So, yeah. race yeah, and yeah. color and gender and identity and and law yeah, and the order. You're, and, not yeah. you're not
0: supposed to talk about. You're not
1: supposed to talk about. And so, the whole chapter that was originally called "War and Peace," but it ended up being mostly about political battles, political yeah. battles. And so, I changed it to to um, uh, what I call it uh, not, law and order. Um, no. Or, no, um, not no, law and order. Uh, yeah, law and um, disorder. There's
0: One near the end. Yeah, I forgot. What no, 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 no. It was early. Prof- I think it was.
1: Uh, I called it. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, conflict and resolution.
0: Oh, conflict right. and resolution. Which was more yeah.
1: a broader, which includes war, yeah. and I do talk yeah. about war. But uh, again, it's the it's the blunt, uh, uh, the blunt revelations that a science lens, especially a cosmically. Informed science lens can bring to all of these topics. And so it's not me presenting opinions Although of course I have opinions, but I don't care that you know my opinions. You're a different person mm. I, I don't require that of other people that they share my opinions on things if everyone had my opinion how boring that world yeah, would be Yeah, yeah. we talk but about everyone that. should at least align with the objective truths delivered by the
0: methods and tools of science And if you yeah. don't then it's chaos yeah, and you say it in some ways that I want to actually talk about. I want to parse some of the things you say. Um, a lot of things you say. In fact, we won't get there. I know I have. Uh, I have notes. I think I have about 120 questions. So we're okay. not going to get through all. Got to start
1: somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, it. I mean, or
0: que- you know, questions or or points. Not all. I will say. I think the the use of the word "starry messenger" is beautiful. I mean, the the illusion of Galileo bringing us the. The first inconvenient truth, which was... Yeah, you know, that's that a nice way to put it. Yeah. yeah, Correct. Uh, the,
1: the, yeah, I mean, uh, something unappreciated by many, I think, is when he observed Jupiter, and he saw these little stars near Jupiter. Uh, he called them Jupiter's stars, right? What else? There's no yeah. other word for them. Yeah. Because the idea that another planet would have a moon was just a foreign concept. And so he watches Jupiter migrate across the sky as planets do, and these little stars stayed with it. Yeah. And that was kinda cool, and he kept watching him, and he was able to, to notice that they orbited Jupiter. This was the first time anybody saw That's that Earth was thing. not the center of all cosmic motion. Something as simple as that.
0: Just and profound. so
1: it's, it's profound, it's profound, and these are messages from the universe.
0: Yeah, exactly, it was not it wasn't Copernicus so much saying, Well, you know, you can it, it, here's a reason that, you know, maybe the Earth's orbit sun. It was an observation that you couldn't get around. These things went around right. Jupiter. There's no way there's no way you could there's no way you could get around that fact. And boy, it changed. it had to change your picture. And I think that, right. that is indeed the beauty of science as we'll talk about. I, I the the need the the, the the fact that, that that reality can cause you to change your mind is so is so important and so liberating. And in my I'm I'm a little worried about it because it's also under attack, as we'll talk about. The um um so again so well, okay. We'll get to I, I like your use of aliens too, but we'll get to that in a second. Um <laughs> uh, you gotta throw in uh, an alien every now and then because they don't have any preconceived notions yeah, about yeah. us. No, I've often so just, thought of that. I want I I don't want to get too far because I always tend to want to jump ahead because I like it. But you know, I, I will say this. I've sat in in a city at late at night, say two in the morning or maybe in the country and I'm at a stoplight and it turns red. And I've often thought, and there's nobody around, in the whole, nobody, there's nobody. It's, it's I've like if night an alien too, came here, why would they think that I would stop the damn car? It's just, <laughs> I mean, so stupid I, anyway, mm-hmm. but okay. So, but let's stop up start about some of the things that get our impediments to, to thinking this way. And you talk about, important, a very important thing, which you actually ran a meeting at my origins institute for a while on, but the fact that groupthink does give some survival advantages—that there are evolutionary reasons why we're not completely rational, and why we—and they helped us survive. The the teleology, which I I think you talk talk about in the book somewhere, but the fact that. You know if, if i did people... i surely
1: didn't use that word
0: because... yeah i'm sure
1: you didn't use the word <laughs> okay. uh, yeah exactly i know you didn't I'd like, but, like people understanding what i say yeah, yeah i know, I, know. I just do that so i sound superior them. but anyway okay. um
0: okay. but, but the, the the need to always find purpose for example you know the examples of you know the humans on the savannah and i think you use it you know if you're if the if the leaves are rustling and you you can assume there's no reason behind it or something reason, and the people who didn't assume there's no reason they would get to have babies and 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 survive. So right. so there is but, this but anyway, evolutionary cleaner,
1: a cleaner summation of that is mm-hmm. that curiosity is not always rewarded in the wild. Yeah, because curiosity of something that can kill you kills everybody who's most curious.
0: Yeah, it kills the cats, and.
1: Yes. <laughs> Hence the expression <laughs> yeah. "curiosity killed a cat." Right. So, so I don't want to hold it against people if they're not curious. What I want to do is is offer them the fact that they were once curious as children, yeah. And so much of our curiosity was squashed by mm-hmm. adults trying to have us not die. But in yeah. the effort to have us not die, they're preventing us from all manner of other experiments that would have been conducted and weren't. And as a result, uh, I, I think I'm, I'm blaming this that your the, the seeds of curiosity just fade. You know, mm-hmm. the, the the blooms are not, you know, don't get fertilized, and you just yeah. and, and and the curiosity goes away by the time we're in high school. To the point where, when you graduate, graduation day, graduation day, what are people saying? School's out. You know yeah. it's that alice cooper song school yeah, exactly. yeah. school's out forever it's a celebration, a celebration of song. not having to learn yeah and so i don't want to blame the song for making that happen mm. i'm going to blame schools for that even being a thought yeah for a rock artist to compose uh, lyrics around
0: well i think i think i know from our last discussion i was going to mention when you said you started to think scientifically in middle school you know through school and other things but you actually did say that it was you, school teachers weren't a big deal in your life and you remember you said that in our last discussion that they really didn't have that you know it was internal i think right and and uh and you didn't find school particularly i mean you later on went to bronx high school of science i would assume that was a good school but but uh well
1: you know just to be clear what makes schools good mm-hmm. is the other students who are there more exactly than peers. who's doing the teaching Right. Absolutely. I through mean, all
0: the way through school, including university. All the way through. You, you yeah. can go to a
1: you know a fine marquee college and you take intro physics using the same textbook as any yeah. other intro physics across the country, and so it it matters more in graduate school, of course, where you have yeah. relationships with yeah. you know brilliant professors and things. But for the rest of that uh, book learning, no, mm. no. And so, um, I because I didn't shine in the ways. You're supposed to, in school, so that a teacher will notice you and then tell everyone, oh, he'll go far. Uh, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, the boxes weren't checked, in my case, under those conditions. And so, no. Um, and it's funny because people will start out with the question, what teacher influenced you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> start out, they yeah. was like, no, I'm where I am in spite of teachers, not because of them. One day I'll compile all my report cards and what teachers said about me, and I'll, I'll publish that, but not not just yet. The world's
0: not ready for <laughs> wait that. Wait till they're dead. I think you should wait till they're dead. is fair. Oh, it's okay.
1: Fair. Like Copernicus, I'll be on <laughs> yeah. my deathbed. Yeah. Here it is. and yeah. You write the preface. So, you yeah. know, he, he he really wasn't supposed to publish this, but we it, it, even if it really isn't how
0: the system worked, we have to. You know,
1: yeah. There you go. Yeah, go.
0: Okay. Well, anyway, um, yeah. Steve Pinker, by the way, wrote a, well his book on rationality gives a lot of reasons why people are irrational, but. But I don't want to talk about Stephen. More than I would have
1: given. I really just touched on it. Just so that people didn't feel like completely, like a complete idiot for for feeling
0: that way. You, right at the beginning, I mean, I'm starting at the beginning of the book and hopefully we'll work the way. Are we on question one now? What what was that? (laughs) One page two. Are we on question one now (laughs) out of 120? (laughs) Okay. But um, you know, you say something like nothing is more human than the methods, tools, and discovery of science. I mean, all of that I can't help but agree with. They shape modern civilization. I have always said science is a vital part of our culture, which people don't realize. And that's really a different way of saying what you're saying. But it's the, the question thing, right. I want to ask is is it an invisible part? Part of the problem is it is a central part of our our, our civilization, but is it, is it so invisible that people don't realize it is? People don't realize yeah, so what they're doing is. That's science. a great question.
1: Really excellent question. I think it's not that it's invisible, which it is, but that's I don't think that's the main thing. It's that we are so adaptable as a species mm-hmm. we simply grow accustomed to it so it's hidden in plain sight yeah the fact that your smartphone gets gps timings that have been corrected for einstein's relativity yeah, yeah. so that you can find the shortest route to grandma's house that's hidden in plain sight you just know yeah. it gets you to grandma's house
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah and and i once tweeted i said um Uh, This one, (laughs) it was a little letter. It said, dear um, vaccine deniers, flat earthers, homeopathic uh, special. And I went the the whole list. Yeah. And I said, you found each other using stupefyingly advanced technology, pivoting on discoveries in science, technology, engineering, and math. Just thought I'd let you know this. (laughs) Signed, your smartphone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah no i
0: i i i once wrote back when i used to write in, in the New york times i think, or it was the la times that time yeah i was stuck in traffic in la and i and that's i wrote a piece this was many years ago on on gps and general I hope you wrote it How, after you got out of the car yeah yeah i thought of the piece yeah yeah although in okay, la fine. traffic you could actually write the piece while you're. Well, now you can <laughs> recite it yeah yeah we <laughs> have
1: pretty good voice recognition today
0: one of the things I liked to learn was that you know I've always used Feynman's statement that the easiest person to fool is yourself, and I was pleased to learn of your scholarly um, uh, information here that that really the first person who said that really well at least the first person you quote was this Arabic scholar Ibn Al Haytham, in in who lived in around the year one thousand 1000. years ago. Right. Yeah, he said. He should also suspect himself as he performs his critical examination of it, so that he may avoid falling into the prejudice or leniency. And then Leonardo da Vinci, the greatest deception men suffer is from their own opinion. So, I mean, Feynman basically requoted that, and it's it's yeah a yeah really... basically
1: that's great. But since you're you're buds with Feynman, you gotta you yeah. gotta give him props even when you don't. Well, have Well, I to. learned it from Feynman, <laughs> so
0: yeah yeah I guess so. I learned it guy. from. But, yeah yeah he's my guy he's my guy he's my man
1: he's your guy i've never met him and you hung out with him and had and played bongos with him but yeah, so well, so that that creates a delusional
0: sense of greatness in and of itself yeah, with yeah. how
1: you think about Feynman relative yeah. to any other scientist who ever lived
0: well you know it's where yeah anyway it's where you hear things but but the b- m- most important thing is that is probably i would argue I, that i'm going to give you a definition of science one definition of science cuz science What people don't realize is science is a process. It's not a set of rules. And you talk about that. But let me put this to you on the basis of that. I would say science is a tool to overcome self-deception. What do you think of of that? It occurred to me when I was writing Yeah, yeah,
1: it took me two sentences to say that. You just did it in one. But I think it's in the book where I say, forget anything you've ever been formally taught about the scientific method. Here is the scientific method. Do whatever it takes. To ensure that you are not fooled into thinking something is true that is not, or that something is not true that is. Period. Yeah. If that means getting chart recorders, getting notes, taking video, repeating the experiment, getting someone else to do it, removing your sensory system as much as possible because, you, you, because you're colorblind or because you're, you, you, you're, you have narcolepsy or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah works so so yes that is science nothing else is science but that and i think that really i really in some sense it defines science i you know i was at a debate in i well i was online in debate at oxford university which a lot of woke students will talk about that but but the, the the premise of the debate was everyone is religious and unlike my atheist colleagues who were on the other side i took the side that everyone is religious and my argument was if people weren't we wouldn't need science i mean if 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 people didn't naturally have this religious tendency, then we would have had to the, invent science. It would just be so natural to everyone that it would that, that yeah, that,
1: I, I would I would say that another way without having to 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 go through that portal. I would just simply say, if scientific thinking and mathematical logic were natural, it would not have the, uh, the expression of the scientific method as we currently practice it today. Yeah. widespread is really traceable to like the year 1600 plus or minus yeah. Yeah. a few yeah. years yeah. so why did it take 10,000 years before that even arose yes there were nips and bits of bits of it and you can invent things but Romans built the Colosseum, yeah. right yeah
0: so, the so Greeks there's not philosophy like you can't still yeah.
1: accomplish things but the idea that the universe is knowable that you can come up with an I with a hypothesis that can make predictions about something you previously knew nothing about, rather than very important distinction that I did not make in the book. Mm-hmm. But and I want to make it even to a colleague who's not an astro colleague, mm-hmm. although you might claim you are occasionally. Yeah. You dabble I'm a in half the half
0: astro colleague, you, you dabble in the dark <laughs> arts. Okay? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, it is l- to see the rhythms of the night sky. And say on this day the sun is gonna rise over the heel stone, as was occurs in, as what occurs in Stonehenge. That's not really science. That's mm-hmm. noticing patterns. Yeah. Okay. And that's a very important feature of what it was to come out of the caves yeah. and, and create the rhythms of the seasons and the crops. And you notice something when certain causes and effects take place. Okay. But to say, I'm gonna do this to the crop so I get a different crop later, that's manipulating the future. That's getting control over the operations of nature. And that is what science is all about, or at least it turned out to be all about that. Uh, and so, so that's why it's another level up to say, uh, I know more than just the rhythms that tomorrow's gonna repeat what happened a year ago. It, it's another
0: level. It's uh, but, but and it's that's also, why it took so
1: long. Otherwise, everyone's easiest class in school would be math. So I yeah. agree with you. Um, science would just be a natural way of thinking, and we we probably wouldn't even have a word for it.
0: Yeah. If yeah. yeah.
1: In fact, it was intuitive.
0: Yeah, it's not intuitive at all, and we have to we have to learn it by example, it, and often have it pounded in our heads. And I think it's more than I, I would say. It's more than just what you said, which is that in overcoming your self-deception, the key thing that the Greeks didn't have, which would have made, I mean, then, you know, they were amazing in terms of things they could do, but it's, they didn't realize that nature can overcome your self-deception. How do you do that? By experiment. It's, and the Romans did. it's the experiment. It's the fact that ultimately you submit your views and your predictions to nature. And you don't, you don't, you don't say they're true unless you've tested it. Right. And, and I think that's a really important thing.
1: And and by the way, what shows up all the time, you know, you get some anti-science sentiment in any particular enclave, and they'll say, scientists don't really know, scientists used to think that Earth was flat, you know, and so they have to go back 500 years for that. And I say, yeah, that's because the idea of experiment didn't really take widespread hold. Once experiments took place, 1600, I would say, and onward, and with the near simultaneous invention of the microscope and the telescope, telescope, oh my gosh, you want to turn turn stuff on its ear, so there you have it, and what then happens when you have experimental verification not only do I get the result, but so do you. And you're a competitor of mine, and so does someone else using different wall current of a yeah, yeah. of a, a design of a different experiment.
0: We'll get the same result. That is an objective truth that will never later be shown to be false. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there because that's one of the big misconceptions about science. I, okay. I, I, I absolutely agree. It's it's that, um, it's that the fact that you will that. You, you will look at that. You're willing. In fact, it's a great thing that "quote unquote" scientists once thought the Earth was flat, because unlike well, I don't want to I don't want to harp on religion, but we don't anymore, and that's proof that science works. The fact that science <laughs> can change their minds because nature tells us that our pretty pictures were wrong is a virtue. It's a, it's a feature, not a
1: not a bug. Right, but I claim that's overstated. Because mm-hmm. there, we're not going to one day one day change our minds. You know, E no, actually equals M C cubed, right? No,
0: no, no. Absolutely, we'll get there. In fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like your example of the of the, of the Russian doll. I'm gonna we're gonna get there in a second. But I wanna, right. I do want to take. Um, Are
1: we up to question, take, question two yet?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on to Question four of 120. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but um, so you do say that um, that th- that this in, this system of internal self regulation. Is a unique feature of probably a unique feature of science. I, I don't. I, I do you really mean that? I mean I don't think I think it's a unique feature of scholarship. Take history for example. I mean, the 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 testing keeps going on, and the willingness to sort of be corrected by empirical evidence. I mean, may call that the question is do you call history science? I mean, if you if you're talking about this. And I so often academic get scholarship, of that because broadly. people are doing science when they're not doing science, you know. Wait, wait. So
1: academic scholarship broadly, yeah. Okay, when it's done well, yeah, uh, ought to be susceptible to fresh views on whatever people were once thinking. The yeah. difference is, uh, it's not clear whether any other profession can declare something as an objective truth where no one later will then show it to be false. Right. So history, you can say. Well, Hitler committed suicide and but and everyone agrees to that but then you find out wait a minute there's a note and he had a lover and and had made the lover kill him and not mm-hmm. himself. And but that's new information. Okay, yeah. so which renders what they said previously wrong. It doesn't fit into a larger narrative. It's just well, wrong. Okay? Y- y- that does not happen in science.
0: Okay, now we're going to get I'm going to get to this point which which was later on. I would argue that the only objective truths are falsehoods. <laughs> Namely, you know, I, I do worry about this. You use the word, and I and I and I know I have a question later on, objective truth a lot. And I, I kind of think that's overstated. I, I think objective truth is is, I mean, there are, I believe that there are I believe I don't like to use the word I believe. You there's, just did. Th- th- it's it, there. Yeah, I just did. I know, <laughs> but I don't like it when I do. Anyway, um, you don't believe so, that you like using the word "believe." Y- y- no, no. I, I, mean, I think I know is where is you're coming objective from. Objective truths. Don't confuse. There's no doubt that there are that there that there's an objective reality. No, no, Lawrence. Don't
1: don't confuse absolute truth with an objective truth. Okay. I completely, perfectly define objective truth. That's whatever repeated experiments shows. Period. And okay, then, but, but, but okay, here's a, if you want to now, now, I will not take the bait of the philosopher and get into an argument about word definitions.
0: No, no, right? no. Yeah, I, I don't will g- I don't not get that. do that. But let me give you an example. Let's take an example of what I mean by the fact that subjective truth is that Newton's laws work. And, and Newton's laws will always work. And that's the point I try and make is that you take, no matter what we learn about quantum gravity, you take a ball and you drop it, it's going to, you know, Galileo and Newton were just as right, and they will be just right in the 25th century. Uh, it, it, that So everything we learn about science, scientific revolutions are not like human revolutions, which actually probably don't do away with, with everything that went before them anyway. They like to think they do. They inevitably don't. But um, but scientific, it's, it's this, as you say, you call this a Russian doll, the fact that we're sort of building layers on. But at the same time, in the sense that Newton's laws, while they fail at
1: high speeds and high gravity, yeah. they are fully embedded within Einstein's laws of motion and gravity.
0: Yeah, but so so the question is our our, our thought of what objective truth is does grow in the sense that Newton's laws are right, but we know that they're not objectively true in all in all in all regimes. And so in the regimes uh, it's tested, it's true. Period. Yeah. So it's tested, it continues it's it's true in the sense that if you ever test Newton's laws at low speeds, you'll always get the same result. But you can't extrapolate from high speed. Now, you want to change
1: the definition of how I use the word objective and try to turn it into absolute truth, then I can't use the word objective. Because we're only ever more closely approximating some ultimate truth of nature Yeah. Well, that we may may never never get there. No, I agree. agree We may never get there.
0: Okay, anyway, I thought it would be worth discussing uh, what we... we, No, I'm not going to argue definitions.
1: You want to change the definition of my word to say that I'm wrong? You can do that. And I'll use the new definition, and I'll say. oh I mean, well, I'm I a little influenced
0: by you know the standard guys, but I you know I, I what I kind of think is that what we know is false will always You're influenced be by false.
1: Philosophers who are trying to establish the limits of science by declaring mm-hmm. that we will never know what is actually true in nature. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and I claim that while that's true, it's not even interesting. Yeah. Because right. what we do discover. Completely shaped civilization. Yeah, exactly. if e it, equals M C squared is not the absolute truth, does that really matter if we build bombs out of it and it created yeah, sixty yeah.
0: years of geopolitics? Yeah, uh, no, so, absolutely, absolutely about absolute. Okay, um, <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and by who, the way, your
1: guy—I say is your guy because I think you even debated him in some case. I've never debated anybody, so you're you you got the the gonads, the the yeah, yeah. out there to do the debates. Um, it's um, what's the guy's name? Deepak Chopra. Oh, okay. Deepak Chopra. <laughs> I, I've mentioned the word truth in many of my tweets. He comes yeah. back and doesn't use objective truth. He says there are no absolute truths. Yeah. And I said I never use the word absolute. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so he's yeah. trying to have the argument to to put science in its place, so that people can have whatever. The fucking thoughts they want and yeah. think it's true yeah, that, I know. that are in denial of what yeah. science otherwise says is true because then all they can say all they need to say is science hasn't gotten there yet and yeah. when it does it will understand astrology yeah. and you'll understand why homeopathic medicine works you're just not there yet because <laughs> science has limits
0: yeah 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 I don't this say is that. dangerous false it's dangerous thinking. nonsense and i actually deepak who i've talked to desperately wants to be respected and by scientists and i told him it's just simple stop saying stupid things yeah and leave quantum mechanics out of his conversation yeah exactly stop yeah anyway would be um, a big first step for him yeah it would be a huge first step i tried to tell him that just stop it talk don't talk about things you don't know understand and that's the first step but anyway um look in this regard about non-science one of the things that you point out and i i sort of have, have Argued it for some time because I am pretty political. Is that not that that anti-science or not science, non-scientific thinking undermines democracy? And um, let me ask you, to put it another way: Do, Is scientific literacy essential for democracy? It's. I don't think it's essential for everyone to be scientifically literate,
1: but the people in power should be, or at least have advisors who are. Who they know how to trust in a free society? You can't require everybody to be anything.
0: No, no, right? I know. I'm not requiring it. I'm just saying, is is you know is, is something. Yeah, yeah. You can't have an literacy. informed democracy and make decisions and build civilization. Just I, go, go I back to the cave. I think it's true, but does you think that explains much of the current situation? Then the fact that w- yes. people aren't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, By the way,
1: situations have been worse. So the Second World War, as I calculated for people in in the conflict and resolution chapter. Yeah. Um, Between 1939 and 1945, a thousand people were killed per hour for every hour across those six years in the service of the Second World War. Now, if a truck barrels through a protest and kills a dozen people, it's world headlines for a few days, local headlines for a week um uh, regional headlines for a week local headlines
0: for a month depending on who does it it could be headlines for a year yeah uh,
1: anyway right Right. no exactly exactly and so so uh, and i think to myself what would our heads have just exploded if we reported on every death during warfare
0: yeah. you know
1: vietnam we've lost 100 servicemen a week yeah and the world lost a thousand per hour so and right now I think uh, who was it that argued this? It was Steven Pinker, right? Yeah. The better, there were better, our,
0: yeah, better na- angels of our nation. Uh,
1: even in spite of some of the the uh, uh, criticisms of his reasoning that was invoked, um, I think there's a broader truth he's getting at that yeah. we are more peaceful than ever before. Yeah. Living under the control of states rather than free-roaming tribes.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's an interesting thing because I I agree, and I happen to agree with him, and it's something it's a it's an issue I've I debated with Noam Chomsky a little bit, who I think kind of likes a natural, you know, harkens back to the kind of Descartes kind of, or not Descartes, Rousseauian view of sort of nature as the ideal. And I'm not. I think. I think. By the way, I'm reading laws, Rousseau now.
1: I'm amazed. i have missed that book my entire life, so it's on my it's on my mantle right now.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Born free to live forever in chains. It's really an interesting. Uh-huh. Anyway, Good. my favorite one of my favorite lines. But uh-huh. okay. Good. We'll talk about that next sometime. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the things you point out, which I think is really important and, and people just don't understand. I'm still, by the way, only on page five. OK, so let me just because but, <laughs> but, but, but a lot of these ideas go throughout the whole book. So I don't have to repeat them. But but um, that, you know, people think that scientists like to agree, like you and I, you know, we, we have to have a secret handshake. And we can't ever say this is you know we we decide evolution's true we decide this and we'll never listen to anything else but you point out if you go to a conference that's open season on ideas and that's not only good for the field that's an ascent it's not just good for the field it's essential in, it's- in fact in fact i i i jonathan rouch the guy I interviewed and he pointed out that science is a social activity that it's in sense that social the willingness the ne- the necessity that all ideas are are open to to fire by anyone in the community is an essential part of science. And it couldn't be done if you didn't have that community. And
1: this is true with physics, but I, I know it's especially true in astrophysics. You, our published papers do not carry your academic pedigree next to your name. Mm-hmm. It's just your name. And so you don't necessarily know who might be a graduate student or an undergraduate who had a summer uh, project that plugged into the research paper. So everyone is mixed there. You look at social science journals, you get all of the pedigree, MPA, MB, you know, and, and I always wondered what's the point of that? Does, does that mean now I should listen to them because they're pedigreed without regard to whether I think what they said is irrational or illogical or pointless? Really, well, one
0: might argue. One might be tempted to say that that's all in certain areas. That's all they have is pedigree. But we let's not. But I won't say that, and I won't put those words in your mouth. Um, but you just said um, it. You just I know. Did. I know. I know. But but let me let me point out the dark side of some of this because oh, wait, 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 just worried. one thing. Just in all fairness, um,
1: I think the 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 open season, as you the phrase you used, is. Well, you use uh, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I use it. Good. Yeah, uh, I was complimenting you for using it. Yeah, My, there maybe. you go. My, but I'm deferring. Okay. <laughs> so I think at a conference, if it's a newbie graduate student giving a talk, or a very senior person, and they say something wrong, we will still criticize them. We'll just do it a little more politely. Okay. okay. Well, not, well, okay, maybe, maybe. But if but you're in here's... the middle. We're, we're, there's no okay, politeness. Yeah, we'll be yeah, okay. a little polite. Just if someone just uh,
0: you know has okay, been around. How do you 50 define years. that? No, but I'm actually want to hit a serious point here because I wrote a piece recently about my concern about this, about the Department of Energy, which is the major funder of physical science in the country. Um, uh, people oh, don't that's realize through, it. through the, the particle NSF accelerators or... and things. That's why. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, yeah they yeah. they basically spend more money on physics. In other and words, but physical... just uh, it's a little misleading
1: the way you put it. It's uh-huh. not like they're handing money like the NSF and the NIH. To academic researchers, and that's the biggest source. They are the complete funding agencies for all of the particle accelerators. Well, in the all country.
0: the national labs, but they also fund all the, all the national labs. The, so, so, so ha- that's
1: what boosts it up pretty high. Yeah, it, it's true, also, but they
0: also fund much of physics. You know, I was. Sort of I, right I, to I agree. This. I'm just saying. Yeah, that yeah to say point. they're the biggest funder. Yeah. If you okay. took away the, the national labs, it wouldn't be as stark. That's okay. Good point. Okay. Good. Anyway, that's not the point I'm getting at, except. What worries me is that they have presented a whole bunch of new rules, which I would say are kind of woke rules, but let's let's not use that word. But one of the new rules is that they won't let fund meetings unless the organizers put this um, code of behavior that there'll be no bullying, no harassing, no no and and the question is I worry about that because first of all, why do we need that? We're supposed to be adults. You know, it's not we're not we're not Kindergartners. But secondly, I worry about that because if you go up and say to someone at their lecture, hey, this is just wrong. You get up after and say, look, this is just nonsense for this reason. Is that bullying? And is it only bullying if they're a young person or an older person? I mean, does, doesn't that really stifle it? That does not really stifle. I'm really worried about it stifling scientific communication at these kind of meetings, where where there should be open season on ideas okay, that are wrong. I haven't, you should... I haven't
1: read the new rule book, but uh-huh. that issues forth from other federal guidelines yeah. that are taking place in the in the workplace. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a list, a growing list, I would say, but I think the rate of growth growth is slowing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what derivative is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The rate of change of the growth is slowing. Uh, there's a rather complete list of protected characteristics of a person mm-hmm. that in a workplace, you cannot denigrate, okay? at mm-hmm. Without risk of being reported to human resources yeah, and having sure. disciplinary actions taken against you. And that includes what might be a joke, you would tell. Yeah, yeah. Even if a joke is a joke and has a beginning, middle, and an end, mm-hmm. if the joke references one of these protected um, uh, classifications and the joke makes fun of someone at the expense of others, that can be brought up. Okay, so now, in this in this architecture, it is very clear what they mean when they say bullying. Bullying is not simply telling someone they're wrong even doing so aggressively it is persistently doing it so that you are you're on the attack on a level that only bullies are good at <laughs> okay. and so you know the bully the bully there's some great movies that needed bullies for their storylines. Okay, let, the let,
0: let, let me take an old ancient example of someone who's kind of venerated in the world, or at least, I don't know the venerate is the word, but he's a, 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 Wolfgang Pauli, okay? You know what this famous story about Wolfgang Pauli, if no. someone was speaking nonsense, he would go up. Oh, he says not even wrong. He, well, not even that, worse. No, tell them, he'd go tell up and take the chalk to... out of their hands. If Wait, they were lecturing, he'd get up and take the chalk out of their hands. So he was a bully, right? Yes, you wouldn't do that today. Okay, now, the problem is... Because our social mores have evolved. Yeah, a is that a good thing? What do I'm asking that, you, is that a good thing? You don't call grown
1: black men boy,
0: all right? As yeah, they do I'll, I'll, in the okay, song well, Chattanooga Let's not choo-choo. conflate things. Let's not you know, conflate. I'm <laughs>
1: conflating. I'm saying times shift. Times you shift. can't go back but,
0: 70 years and say, that was good then, why can't it be good now? You yeah, but my question, my, my question to you is, is it a good thing? Because you're absolutely right if you define if you have legal definitions of things like bullying or this or that that's one thing but we all know in the modern world if 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 you if you after someone's lecture you know or you know in the question period say this is wrong this is and they say, okay why you say no no don't you understand this is the reason look you've got the a sign error blah 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 whatever it is that's not bullying. and then it's and, 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 it's being instructed. hold on but then but then they report you for bullying then if If people are worried about being reported for bullying, which because if they it's all perception now, people feel no, it, it it's it's it can be
1: to the individual, but that's not the litmus test. The litmus well, test is not what the individual feels. It's what would a sensible person observing what happened say about what happened? Okay. that good. is but that would that be nice now part of the canon of the of this literature that's describing, workplace conduct
0: okay? yeah okay well, a... I would I would point out to you that that is ideal, but I would also point out to you that's not what happens and I'm worried it won't happen I'm worried that because because of the prevalence of things like social media and other things that that people's sense of victimization will over will take precedence over what you might call objective truth in the, and, and okay I don't think that's happened yet
1: I don't I'm not really Worried about that. but well, here's one, for example. Mm-hmm. I was at a conference and somebody came up and gave a whole talk on why the Big Bang didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. okay.
0: No one fought him. Yeah, we because don't, we're we just don't so silly.
1: The, yeah, we don't have the time, yeah, or the energy for this. Uh they got to say they gave the but there's a talk, you know, that they've been hammering. He said he had some I said so fine. So you can be so wrong.
0: That you're, no one is going to try to correct you. Yeah, it's not worth talking to people like that. But that's that's. And an by the way, twist. when
1: when I comment on movies, when I comment, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm I'm kind of known for that now. Yeah, uh, I will only comment on movies where they actually try to get it right. They've earned my attention. They've got me paying attention, and I say, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you closely. I okay, can so think you didn't of talk no about higher...
0: Interstellar then, did you? <laughs> 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 okay. Let's... Yeah, I just.
1: I have a yeah. deep fundamental issue with Interstellar. I yeah, me too. Told I have about 10 deep fundamental issues. Oh, I have one. The rest, I, I'll give it, I'll let it go. But the one is, just since you brought it up. Yeah. Whatever is the blight on the crops? Yeah, that that's is, my one too. Wait, 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 wait. That's my number one. There's a blight, okay? Yeah. And this is the future. So, yeah. So someone somehow declared that traveling through space a wormhole to an exoplanet so that we can move there. Yeah, somehow that's an easier solution than tasking your biologist to fix the freaking blight. Yeah, have, I
0: know. Recombinant DNA, we got weak, we got it's no, but it's even worse, Neil. It's even worse. They say the blight is going to, okay, there won't be any oxygen. It took two and a half billion years of plants and so, photosynthesis to develop the amount of oxygen we have now. You kill all the plants on Earth, there's still going to be oxygen. I mean, it well, was well, just. And, well, plus, plus, whatever it takes to terraform
1: the yeah. exoplanet, that, where you're going to yeah. now move the billion people yeah. to. Oh, yeah. If you have the power of geoengineering, to terraform an exoplanet, you have the power of geoengineering to turn Earth back into
0: Earth. I, I, of course, exactly, and you know. So, I, 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 you know, you're the expert tweeter, but I did, I did do two tweets in there. But one of my favorite tweets when I saw the movie was I said, "I went to Interstellar. Three hours can be like twenty years." <laughs> 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 yeah, but you tell that to Kip Thorne's face. Yeah, no, I know. You know, Kip, I actually have, I, I actually have, because Kip, you know, the only there's only one thing that's right about the movie, and it's as far as I can tell, it's the only part of Kip's science that made it into the fun thing which is the picture of a black hole and the of what it would look like and that's right but the rest of it well, is plus the
1: time dilation of the guy waiting in the ship for the folks to do their work down on the
0: on the black hole planet but, except yeah. except as we pointed out it doesn't matter. I don't want to get into story but okay. What so I want to get back to this what what might an alien think? You know, people say what would Jesus think? But what would I have that when did you first start thinking about that? Because that that is something Forever. that I you know, is is a mantra of mine, like what, to step back, and I say, is this reasonable what we're doing as humans, what would an alien think, and you've been thinking about that since you were a little kid? Forever, ever ever since I
1: read the story and saw the film uh, Uh Slaughterhouse-Five, where Billy Pilgrim is beamed up by aliens from his backyard, I've always wanted to be beamed up by aliens, and just sort of participate in their life, and then come back. And just sort sure. it figure out what we look like to them. You don't so want to. So this be this the novel you're... by uh, Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, S. yeah, S. yeah. But, Kurt Vonnegut's yeah. fantastic. Yeah,
0: I also got to hear him once. He was amazing. Anyway, um, uh, you all, you make the statement which I kind of agree with in a sense, but I wanna I wanna parse it more carefully. You say scientists may be the exclusive discoverers of what is objectively true. I would agree with that if by definition you mean it's not a group of people who have a phd or scientists it's anyone using the scientific method is yeah it, i'm sorry how, what is the wording that i used you you said scientists may be the exclusive discoverers of what is objectively true oh sure think sure. think that's I, I, and I
1: shouldn't have said that i should have said the enterprise of science yeah uh, yeah
0: okay because anyone yeah thank you you're for feeling, calling that out
1: i'll, out. I'll call, maybe in a, in a in a later printing i'll see if i can get that in. okay
0: there. good because i think it's Important to yeah, and and I think that that's the
1: whole point is or or uh, we can redefine scientists as anybody who makes a scientific discovery. Yeah, yeah, or makes (laughs) use the process
0: of science. We're all scientists if we use the process of science. I think what's more generally true here is that what we're what you're really framing which I think, is really important. Is that there is no? uh, I would say this, and a lot of people don't agree with me, but I think you do. I think you even say it somewhere. But basically, there is no other way. There's no there's no knowledge except empirical knowledge, um, namely revelation never leads to what it, you know what you would call objective truth, and there's no way to find objective truth without empirical investigation. Yeah, I would just
1: say that a little softer, and I'd say okay. um, there is n- no occasion where revelation has given us an accurate. Description or understanding of objective reality. There's no example of that And if there yeah, were yeah. we'd be yeah. mining that those books for it yeah, daily That's right.
0: Yeah, and so that, well,
1: they tried that with the Bible code and yeah. in fact there's an there's an up There's an update to the Bible code with oh, using t- even more advanced computers and so uh, uh, So these are people wanting to believe that yeah. there's insights encoded in the Hebrew of the Torah Mm-hmm. Uh, that you can pull, like like almost cryptography, right? Yeah. And you have to just figure out what the code is, and then you bring it out, and then you can see all of these statements about the future. But it'd be v- pretty easy to test. Um, you don't find things that you already know are true, especially yeah. since the original Hebrew doesn't have vowels. So yeah. how you pronounce a word gives you a little bit of latitude. Yeah. But just uh, predict a future event and lay it down on the calendar, and we'll see if it happens. Yeah, well, And if true. it does, yeah. the, the more power to it. Yeah. So I don't want to say it never will. I'm just saying it never has.
0: Never has. In fact, stages. I I've I've given that challenge out uh, when I had I guess I didn't I wouldn't use the word debate, but when I've appeared on stage with theologians and I've done that a few times. Um and um you do I, I never I said, do that. I just want to say I tip tip my hat I'm just saying. No, no, I, these are academic. I mean, once I did some big event at still, Yale or academic still, theology. Still, I know. Yeah, still. I know. Anyway, but I did. I, I presented them. I said, give me one example in the last 500 years of a contribution of theology to knowledge. And the answer I always got was, what do you mean by knowledge? It wasn't like if I asked a biolog- biologist, they, you know, or a Oh, chemist, they would give they, they, a whole they, litany. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, this was always, what mm-hmm. do you mean by knowledge? And that was, anyway. But okay, let me... Let me let me ask you to parse another thing, which which was caused me to think a lot. Well, it could you, be because the original
1: tree in the Garden of Eden was um, the tree of knowledge, yeah, and so, and that was the. But you so, were not supposed to eat from it, right? Which is a little weird. But I think they've there's been some um, reconciliation about that. Where well,
0: no, you know, I'm I'm you know I'm much more I'm less uh, an appeasement of this regard. You know, I people like to. <laughs> The new pope, because he's calling i, kind I don't think I'm, a gonna gentle... I'm just I, I, no, but I, even the new pope said, Don't ask questions, it's not a good thing at one point, <laughs> at one, you know, because that's the Bible says that, and I just think that's an anathema to my whole existence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway. We, we, let's, I, we don't have to, just like the guy who didn't think the big bang was there, we don't have to deal with religion, it's too easy, it's too easy to kick. Kick them when they're down. But but here's a sentence you uh, said, which I thought was which caused me to think a lot. And I, I, I don't want to ask what you mean by it. You said, to deny objective truth is to be scientifically illiterate. Agreed. And then you say, not to be ideologically principled. What do you mean by that? I think it was an interesting additional phrase, and I wanted you to uh, expand on it.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, thanks. I'm actually proud of that additional phrase to yeah, that. I figured you uh, might be, because it was yeah, stands out there, to me. Yeah, there are people who will say... Uh, on on principle, I deny human caused global warming. Oh, I see. Uh, on principle. There are people will say, on principle, uh, the Big Bang never happened. God would have never agreed to that. And so there are people who will stand flat footed against objective truths, mm-hmm. not simply because they don't want to believe it, but they have a, a a they have a a a world view. That has bits and pieces to it, and the mm-hmm. worldview prevents it. Yeah. So, so that's that's really where I was going there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always said they're hip- hypocrites in a sense. Anyone who says the Earth is six thousand years old should not use get on an airplane or whatever, because all of the things we know about how an airplane works contribute to our knowledge that the Earth ain't six thousand years old. And so, yeah, right. I guess I so that's what I thought that you might mean that. But that's good. I like that phrase. Um, the okay. Um, one of the things you point out in, in you know, we're resuming through page 10, um, is uh, is um, and um, differences of opinion enrich the diversity of a nation, sure, ought to be cherished and respected, provided everyone remains free to disagree with one another, and most importantly, again, I think this part last phrase is really important, most importantly, everyone remains open to rational arguments that could change your mind. You know, I think... I want you to comment on this because it was really Christopher Hitchens who first illuminated this for me that the importance of free speech is not the freedom to make this to, to speak, but it, what, but by infringing upon free speech, you infringe upon the listener's right to learn that they're wrong. If you, oh, that's and, and I think that's a brilliant thing. I mean, it's really what you're getting at here. You have the, you lose the right to learn you're wrong if you censor people who might, cause caused you to change your mind
1: right right no that's an important other way to look at that very same fact and in, in, in fact it may be even a more important feature of that fact
0: yeah I mean, I mean it was him who really you know opened it up but i think i think it's really what you're getting at and i thought i'd just let you know that christopher mm-hmm. had said that because i think it's really interesting but but you point out, and you say, the second part of that paragraph says, you know, hey, but the problem is, sadly, the conduct of social media has devolved in the opposite of this, which is absolutely true. Echo chambers, you people want to be punted. you find an opinion to disagree with and unleash waves of anger and outrage. So you comment on that, but as one of the original tweet twits, <laughs> Twitterers, I want you to sort of comment. So what do you think about Twitter? Twitter in that regard, as a, a negative, positive, or negative, in the sense that I mean, and Twitter and and it sort of turned out into Facebook and other things. It tends to you're the you've seen the same thing as me. You put something out and you get unleashed this wave of of anger and hatred, <clears throat> rather than you know. I mean, and the point is, there's no room opinion. for irony or subtlety in Twitter because you know. But right, right you know. But, but especially if you
1: express an opinion. So I learned. Yeah just not to express opinions and but you haven't learned
0: because you've been you've been attacked. I mean well no 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 but the attacks... no 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 you talk about your forbidden tweets the ones you put forbid well I didn't
1: post those Um, no no but you point out that
0: you have and that's one of them I did
1: one of them so the forbidden tweets are tweets that are so true and up against what people don't want to be true that it would just be upsetting. And my goal as an educator is not to upset people. I want, to, I want you yeah. to want yeah. to learn more. Yeah. And so I so I have a forbidden Twitter file. And I gave one or two examples in the book
0: from that file. All right? Yeah. So they don't count as having tweeted. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But once or twice you say, oops, after I made a mistake and I shouldn't have because I did upset people. Yeah. yeah, The and mistake is not
1: people. having
0: expressed an opinion. But here's an example mm-hmm. of
1: why they're not opinions. Uh, so... Uh, during uh, after one of the horrific school shootings, mm-hmm. um, yes, I I tweeted that at Walmart, the nation's largest gun seller, you can buy an AR-15 rifle. Yet company policy bans the sale of pop music with curse words.
0: <laughs>
1: That's yeah. all it was.
0: Yeah, that yeah. was
1: the tweet. Yeah, and watch what happens. Okay, yeah. Yeah. the response. <laughs> bifurcated. Of course. The people who are assuming I'm trying to punditify a, a an opinion out there when all I did was state a fact. But when but what is what happened was there was a branch of the responses that said uh, uh first amendment free speech you know yeah. da 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 but they're a private companies, so they could ever they okay fine then the second amendment people said that guns they should be able to sell guns yeah. Yeah. and yeah. these two camps Each thought I was arguing some opposite opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. What
1: they were attacking. And I realized it must have succeeded (laughs) of having no opinion at all because everyone is putting an opinion on it that, in fact, is not there to begin with. So
0: it's their own lens through which they're... Yeah, but I... But, you know, and that may be one of the differences of many differences of you and me and maybe one of the reasons you're so much more popular... But um, I mean, much more loved is that um, you don't. You know, you you don't. You try not to upset people, and no, I guess purpose, I'm not right? as worried. I'm not as worried about upsetting people, and 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 that's been a fact in my life. But but one of the reasons is I think one can't help. You, you may not intentionally do, but one cannot. You cannot stating just stating a fact will inevitably upset some people. And I think that's just... You have to acknowledge that oh, but, and realize okay, it's a reality. Okay, but let me,
1: let me push back on you here. Okay, okay. good. Well, that's the whole point. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, in part of your life, I would say, a big part of your life, you're an educator. If by presenting information in a particular way, it upsets people, and then they no longer want to listen to you, uh, you, you, you have failed yeah, of course. in that moment to... To continue to enlighten an audience, and so because effectiveness is not just are you right yeah, and I do know. they get it or not? It's, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I agree. It's, it's a convolution of being right and having some act of persuasion that works. Because what my father always said was, "It's not good enough to be right. You also have to be effective." Yeah. So sure. to say it's their problem if they can't handle the truth. No, no, that's no. So it's would your not... problem
0: as an educator. Of course. To you, figure you, that out. Exactly. And you have to, and 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 I I tell educators that the biggest mistake you make is assuming people are, first of all, are interested in what you have to say. And you're, you know, just telling people that they're wrong is, and I used to argue with Richard this way. Don't be the way, teacher. Don't be the teacher who says, these students just don't want to learn. Yeah. Because okay? okay.
1: That teacher that the book. should. Yeah, exactly. They should be thinking, maybe I suck
0: at my right. job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You say exactly those words in the book. And I agree with you, except I, I don't think of it as so much to. Make people angry. I think it's to provoke, and sometimes it's you know you you make the presumption that if people are angry, they're not going to listen to you. The question is, if you provoke someone, sometimes that's the way to get them to think about their own their own. You know, if you get them emotionally involved, then they sometimes if you that's follow it up correctly. When they're angry, they dig their heels in, and well, anger, but and, and, anger and you don't give them a to them. exit. It's not going to happen. You, you, no, I agree. You you want us to you want to you want to go to where people are and try and use where they're from to try and help them learn, and that's there's Emotions no doubt about good. that. But but, but we have not. to realize it's that so much. at the same time, I think it's naive to argue that to to expect that you will not provoke. Well, you know, like your your t- tweet. I mean, no, you are naive to, expect- to say it's naive to say that.
1: Yeah, you're naive because if because you are doing less thinking about it than you could. Yeah, is my claim. You you've stopped at a point and say, "Look, this is the best I can do." No, you're not even saying that. You're saying this is what it is, and it upsets them, and uh, that's what it is. Well,
0: let let me give you an example. When you talked about in that chapter about I, you know, about I I think it was forbidden tweets in that regard, and maybe the example used of 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 Wal Walmart is in there. Um, It reminded me of a of a time when I tweeted maybe, which I thought afterwards might be a forbidden So The first time I was called. a snowflake or woke. I never heard those terms before. And now, of course, people say I'm the opposite, but, but um, I argued a fact, which I think is still, a, still an important fact. I, you know, people were so hung up on terrorism and and the fear, which I think people use, I think politicians use fear as a way to control people. And my and I point out, I think it, it is true that statistically as an American living in America you are more likely to be killed by a refrigerator falling on you than by, by a terrorist. And you just look at the numbers, and it's true. More people are, you know, and, and including 9-11, integrated over a 10-year period. And boy, did that provoke a, a, a probably the most angry response I've ever gotten, because people were, but I still think it's important to be able to say that. So...
1: Uh, in the chapter Risk and Reward, which yeah. we are nowhere near in your sequence yeah, of questions. Yeah, we're getting there. Moment, I'm going to zoom through. Uh, I, I addressed that point. Yeah. That people have emotional reactions to some risks that are not rational. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, if, but in terms of a person's happiness or a person's perception of safety and stability, um, perception has to show up in that equation. Because that's because we're that's what we are as human beings, right? Yeah. And so you can make a physics enclave where you know you bring in, and I give this example in the book, you bring in the mountain lions to attack the deer so that cars don't keep slamming into deer. Yeah. And you reduce auto deaths, you reduce Mm. insurance bills Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. But the cougar runs away with every now and then with your back, your kid who's playing in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. So it'll eat 30 children a year, but yeah. that's a small price to pay to <laughs> yeah. save the hundreds of adults yeah. who were otherwise died yeah. or maimed. Yeah. This is an unutterable sentence.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was unutterable. Yeah.
1: Okay. You can't, even though that's true, yeah, you but, cannot utter that sentence. But you, you did utter to, it. But, no, you do, but then no one will listen to you again ever for anything you'd ever
0: say. It has consequences. So did you? Did you oh, I, I thought you said you had uttered it. You? Ha- I thought you said you had actually. No, I said uh, other similar things. Yeah. Uh, and, but after nine eleven, in October after nine yeah. eleven, I yeah. said
1: in the thirty days that is a, October eleventh, I think. Yeah, I you talked about the, the thirty days that have elapsed. We've lost as many people on the roads. Yeah. As we lost on that day. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, we lose this many people every month. Yeah. And, and so, still... so and and I, so I ranked angry. the risks yeah. and yeah. that was early on, you know, nobody was woke yet. The, the uh-huh. word hadn't been invented uh-huh. yet. And so, or used in, a, in an aggressive yeah. way. Okay. So that, so by the way, i monitored the public's reaction to tweets that have fundamentally the same content. Yeah. And you get to see the, the ground shifting beneath our feet. And I used to complain about that. And I said, no, this is something to navigate not to try to
0: resist because you're Mm -hmm. going to fail trying to resist it it's the direction society is moving get over we'll get to that because i the one thing there's one thing i wanted before we end at some point i there's one you know (laughs) there's one thing i really disagree with in the book and i think it comes it's something anyway we'll get there i want to i want to do that as i i don't know whether that's the culmination but it's a really important point you make and i i think it's we have to recognize the fundamental irrationality of humans and we can't assume that the world will ever be completely rational. and if we do that if we assume that i, I think we miss them okay but no i agree hold that thought then you if you agree with me now yeah, wait sure. and see if you agree with me in a few it's minutes unrealistic. by the way i just wanted to make sure when we go there that we had about 90 minutes and that is that a hard cut off for you so uh, uh, you know i, I want to make sure originally your your assistant said something like you know a uh, ninety yeah, minute I got stuff it, going I'm, on I, I gotta I gotta make ninety minutes pretty tight. yeah, okay, I want to know because okay. I want to get there okay, okay. no worries, mm-hmm. no problem with the heart cut off, but I mean, because we could go on a long time, and as I is it's it. the longest podcast I would have done in the last two years just so. great right. I appreciate I'm honored okay. and and I appreciate that. Um, I just think it's so much fun that it goes by like that. You know, I yeah, did. Yeah. You know, a few years ago we did a two and two over two hour in your office. And in, 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 oh, in, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you just did see. You thought it was just much less because it's so much fun. Um, okay. Uh, in your chapter on exploration discovery, you which I know you you which is really basis of your of your love of space exploration in, in a way that I don't always share. But you do make a point that that when you talk about the caveman. You say, perspective lurks beyond the cave door. Uh, let me turn that around and say, uh, the way I would frame that is to say, you gotta keep... By the way, l- I'm woke enough, I'm pretty sure I didn't use the word caveman. I might have no, said yeah, cave door- I, know, I was wondering, when I said it, I, thought, I wondered what I, whether, whether... Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah no, I,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm more woke than that. Yeah, yeah, but go yeah.
0: Because yeah, I'm understand. I just learned, I didn't realize you were surrounded by your daughter... Is your sister? <laughs> your I don't know. No, I mean, to, I'm amazed. No, my kids. Oh my kids. Yeah, yeah, but I, you I, also I, said someone else is an HR person. Is a DEI. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a
1: my my sister-in-law, former
0: sister-in-law. Yeah, I know. I mean, is, I'm amazed. Is a DEI
1: yeah. specialist. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Ooh, okay. I don't want to even use the But okay. Um. But uh. But so beyond the cave door, I, I would you know that, and I think to some extent you were trying to argue ultimately why we need to explore space with people and all that, and I don't want to have that argument because we've had it before. But I would turn it saying. It really means keep looking and keep testing and never trust theorists. Namely, <laughs> if, <laughs> I'm putting words in your mouth, but I think that's what you're really saying in the sense that the perspective requires you to keep looking. If you stop looking, you're going to come up with nonsense. Is, is that a fair way of really... No, I say if you,
1: different... keep, if you stop looking, you ossify yeah. wherever you were, and yeah. we know yeah. there's more to learn out there. Yeah. And when it's controlled by wise people every prior example of that has improved civilization the health yeah, the wealth yeah. the security yeah. of more people than ever before
0: you know at one point you you uh, you try to jump ahead a fair amount um not a lot but we're getting we're getting i think the rate i'm going which is going to be exponential which i'm going to get to in a second we'll get to the end in time because we're going to do, we're going to go through this book exponentially fast at the end um the um
1: there's a whole section of a chapter on exponentials i
0: know that's my next few questions (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. um the but um you do point out that that one of the reasons that that um when you talk about exploration discovery with systems in place to disseminate thoughts such as scientific conferences peer reviews etc there's no reinventing the wheel no wasted effort and i want to point out i think that's another points another real misconception about science partly comes from the movies partly i don't know what where else it comes from but not really that science is cumulative namely it generally proceeds by baby steps people have this vision of someone being an einstein sitting alone in the room at night and suddenly grand leaps that's not the way science generally proceeds and i think right. i wanted to have that in a little discussion so we could no i agree illuminate that point. entirely
1: i mean uh, was it isaac asimov who said uh, most scientific discoveries do not occur by someone saying "Eureka." Yeah, it occurs by someone saying, "Hmm, that's funny," <laughs> or that's yeah, yeah. Or, or that's odd. Yeah. Just some little thing. Oh, oh, make a note of that. Yeah, and and, and whole thing. branches of research unfold from it. So, yeah, yeah.
0: And but not. But but science doesn't always just proceed by whole new branches coming out. It proceeds by cumulative. Bit of knowledge. I mean, I know what I used to love when I, you know, I would do, when I was working research and I'd go into a new area, which I used to like to do a lot, uh, usually with my friend Frank Wilczek, when we were thinking about experiments and I was a theorist. But what amazed me is whatever, I, whenever there, I, well, gee, have people thought about this? Have, is there any data? And you'd always find, like, you go to the journals and there's massive, whatever question you had, people have worked on it and it's such a gratifying aspect of science and again it stands in the flies in the face of people's imagination that everything is I, I hate the word quantum leap because a quantum leap is pretty small it would be little you know? right right yeah but, but that, everything that is, a le- a a is a great leap it's a great leap and Today. science doesn't always proceed by great leaps it often and, and i would by- say
1: further that mm-hmm. science isn't always undoing a previously held idea yeah sure um, um, most science is an incremental new idea that didn't didn't, undo anything like it didn't like
0: it just yeah
1: like the dna molecule didn't undo we just had no freaking idea what was encoding our identity.
0: Yeah. People expected there was something, but they didn't know what it was.
1: They didn't know what it was. And we discovered DNA. We didn't yeah. have to discard something else. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Th- absolutely.
0: Is, In fact, it led as usually is the case with a good discovery. It leads, it not only doesn't lead to discarding, it leads to a whole bunch of new questions that you wouldn't have even correct. asked if you hadn't made the No to ask. Uh, correct. Yeah. 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 And um, uh, yeah, wouldn't have known to ask those questions. And, and um um, it led me to think of something, but I never forgot Anyway, um, um, yeah, anyway, it, oh yeah, I was just going to say, well, Newton's famous quote, quote, which of course was not what he intended, which is, I've only gotten where I've gotten by standing on the shoulders of the giants. Everyone thinks it was so magnanimous of him, but of course it was, he said it because one of his confederates competitors, competitors was a dwarf and he was, he was an awful man and made fun of him. But it is true. We only... We only if that's Einstein, if Hook. Maxwell hadn't been there, right. Einstein could have been the smartest person in the world. But he never would have come up with relativity if Maxwell hadn't developed electromagnetism first. And it's just uh, it's right. Really I, I think the
1: the bigger truth there is, um, unlike Van Gogh's Starry Night, where no one ever preceding Van Gogh or following him would have ever drawn that,
0: paint drawn the painting that's right behind you as you forget that that's your background.
1: <laughs> the <laughs> the Einstein uh, Einstein's special relativity in particular um would it was on the docket it was on yeah. it was it was at the gates, yeah, and it might have taken three or five people instead of one person yeah it might have taken an extra ten years, but it yeah. would have happened oh sure, and okay. general relativity maybe a little longer that's more of a singular leap well David Hilbert but, was
0: you know was 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 was, was grassman at the door and Einstein was really concerned that Hilbert would 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 uh would get it Um, anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Well, I mean, the point is that, yeah, generally, yeah, these people push us further and faster than we would have before. It happens very rarely. But there are people who push us further and faster than we ever before. But the main great thing about science is if they hadn't been there, we would have gotten there eventually anyway, generally. Correct. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. now in your exponential chapter, which I, I think is really kind of, or your discussion of exponentials, which is kind of neat, is everyone does think the present is the most exciting time. I suspect that's partly evolutionary because if you didn't feel that way, you wouldn't want to wake up in the morning in some sense. I mean, you have to kind of feel like the president the most exciting thing. But it is this flaw. No, no, I would say
1: most of the history of civilization, <laughs> nobody is thinking that way. I think that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a very American thing, actually. Really? Because, or or it, it, anyone who participated in the Industrial Revolution could fully expect to be living differently tomorrow than they did yesterday. That sure. was not true for most of the history of our civilization. So yeah, I, I'm not going to say we evolutionarily need to think that today is a brand new day. Yeah. Uh, I I don't. I, you just want to survive.
0: And yeah. Yeah. When if you're, all you're trying to do is survive, then then that I mean that's you need to. You be You don't able have the luxury of those that. thoughts. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. 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 Right. I mean that's one of the luxuries, and why science was done by and early on by people who had the luxury. They didn't have to. They didn't have to survive. They were rich or you know and and that that's the way it was independently rich yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah and then, you know that's the way it worked early on but this notion that the future is always more exciting is in some sense it's true if there's exponential growth of knowledge the future will be more exciting but let me ask you the question do you think that's gonna do you think the future in our century do you think that's going to continue to be true
1: i'm not given any reason to doubt it okay given okay. what the evidence has been over the last 150 years
0: yeah okay and I, just I arbitrarily
1: started the clock in from 1870 i pro- probably yeah. could have started from 1840 yeah. but 1870 was nice and clean because just on the doorstep of the 20th century yeah and it divided cleanly in 30-year increments up to 2020 yeah because yeah. in 2020 people are saying gee let's predict what the world is going to be like in 2050 no, you can't.
0: Yeah, that is well, but that, that didn't a... stop you from making predictions, two of which I think uh, are I did, manifestly just, wrong.
1: I just did because I couldn't it was it was low-hanging fruit. There was yeah, it was dangling. Okay.
0: Air, and I said, okay. I gotta make a fool of myself by making predictions. So yeah, I did. It's, it, yeah. And one of the happy things about you is you don't define uh, unlike some colleagues we know, you don't define yourself uh, when anyone calls himself a futurist. I tell people when someone calls himself futurist, that's when you stop listening. <laughs> because <laughs> they miss everything. If, if that's what discovery is all about. One of my right. favorite John Prine songs. Uh, I don't know if you know who John Prine is, but uh, one of my favorite singers. But he said, "We're we're living in the future." You know, uh, how do I know? Because we're driving and You know, in 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 in. in w- Flying automobiles and all, all the things that the 1950s thought with the 1980s would have none of it, but they didn't think of the internet. And, you know, and and, and so right. if you, there's a danger of making predictions, but I want to point out a prediction. I have to say that I think I disagree oh, with By the way, way. speaking, just I got to put it out there.
1: Uh, uh-huh. This this year we're doing this podcast, 2022, uh-huh. Uh-huh. is the birth year of George Jetson. George Jetson. Okay. I didn't know that. Excellent. Morning in 2022. Oh, I love and this. it's also the year that Soylent Green took place. Oh.
0: To, yeah, okay, two. And I i don't know if you're old enough. I saw the Queen* when it first came out, but yeah, I think I, you're a little you're, younger than how me. How
1: much older are you then? No, you're like I'm a, a year older. older than I am. Huh? Is that all? I'm only a year older. No, you're born, what, 55?
0: 1955?
1: 54. 54, okay. So, uh, so you're four years older. I'm born in okay. 1950.
0: That's why, and so therefore wiser. <laughs> okay, <That's right. laughs> anyway, you telling I'm, yourself that. You <laughs> one of your predictions, which I just thought was manifestly wrong, I have to say. Oh, I love it. Tell me. is the neuroscience one that we will... Oh, why do you think that's wrong? I just wrote in my new book about consciousness, and I'm so clear to me that we... You said neuroscience and understanding of the human mind will become so advanced that mental... By 2050, that mental illness will be cured? Oh, come on. I hope we're both around in 2050, and when you're wrong, you will owe me a very expensive bottle of wine.
1: No, because in the book, I say, I will put these out here so that everyone can show me how wrong I am. I'm yeah. not. I, I didn't say that. Thinking I'd be right. I mean, it's wishful thinking. Yeah, it's, that not, is
0: definitely wishful thinking. Predictive um, thinking. The the. So what, and, why and are you w- Why are you in such denial of it? I, because I, because when I wrote the new book, on, which you have written a lovely blurb for and and helped me and wrote a lot of interesting comments that helped me, I would say was coming out next year. I spent a lot of time on consciousness. So see, that's going to be some manuscript
1: it. that I reviewed.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, and the last part was unconscious, and that really convinced me of the challenge. The challenge is to understanding. Uh, the brain. I I, I used to think they were great, and and writing that book really convinced me they were so daunting that I I think it's really optimistic to think in 20 years that we're really going to make that much progress. That reminds me
1: of the quote from Claudius Ptolemy, AD 150, as he watches the planets move against the background stars, go into retrograde, and then back again, and he says, when I trace at my pleasure the windings to and fro of the heavenly bodies, I no longer touch earth with my feet. I stand in the presence of Zeus himself and take my fill of ambrosia. <laughs> he was invoking God of the gaps. He had no yeah. fucking idea what he was looking at. Yeah, yeah. So Zeus is doing
0: this, all right? Yeah. And yeah. there it
1: was until, yeah. uh, until Kepler and Galileo
0: and Newton figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that was turn, way more but, than 30 years later, of course. Yeah, exactly. But, I think it's, I think, you know, look, I don't deny, what I really hate is when people say, we'll never know this, because I think oh, it's no, no, hubris, I, I, because, because not, how do I'm you know you'll people. never know unless you know?
1: I'm not one of those people, but you're no, kind of I saying- No, I know you're not.
0: No, no, I
1: know. You're kind of saying that about the
0: brain, though. Well, no, no, I'm not. I'm saying 20 years. I expect we'll learn. I expect eventually. I just think it's, I have more respect for the complexity It's it, it, of that whole issue that I think it's gonna. I'll be amazed if, if you know, maybe there'll be the Einstein of the brain come up. But it's yeah, gonna, yeah, it just takes a breakthrough.
1: Yeah, that's it, it, this is the this is a point that Ray Kurzweil makes mm-hmm. when they were at the beginning of the Human Genome Project. Okay, after yeah. a couple of years, they made a ten percent advance on it, and yeah. people say, "Oh, it'll be another hundred years before we get the genome." He said, "No, this will be ten years." Because yeah. we were still in the Moore's law growth yeah. Yeah. of computing, and it's a it's it's computing intensive activity. And sure enough, ten years later, the human genome genome was mad. Yeah, because yep. everyone at the time was thinking linearly, as you are
0: now about the brain. No, 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 no. I, I don't think. I well, I I think. I, yeah. Anyway, I, I think it's just <laughs> re, it's really complex. But I don't think. We're, I don't think the the, the half life the, the exponential doubling time. Is in that terms of con- in ter- if I look at how much we know about consciousness now versus twenty years ago, I don't think the exponential doubling time is is less than twenty years. I think it's more like fifty. But hey, we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, who knows? We that's the great thing about science is we don't know. We'll find out. If I if you I, knew, I then it see, wouldn't be
1: discovery. I want to see neuroscience, supplant s- psychology
0: mm. in the way chemistry supplanted alchemy. Oh. I'm with you there, absolutely, absolutely. By the way, one of the things you uh, that I that I learned, but then I realized I disagree with. But it was, I mean, a little bit was really neat. Was this Earthrise, which you point out a really important thing. There is no Earthrise on the moon, right? But right. but it but it isn't. But then I realized I thought about it. It's not really fair because the Earthrise was you point out was taken from the command module, and if you're orbiting the moon, there is an Earthrise.
1: Right. I'm, no, so, my only so, point was when people saw the word Earth rise uh-huh. and the
0: Earth on the lunar horizon, they assumed that you were Earth okay.
1: does on the moon what the moon does here.
0: No, no, that was right. I'd always, I'd never thought about it. And it, it was really neat for me to think about it. But then I at least realized it was fair for them to say it was an Earth rise because the, they were seeing it yeah, every day. It was fair, but, but educationally minutes. misleading. And yeah, I, absolutely. I think about how people receive information. I know. And, and, not it, really and it caused me to think. It could me think. I Yeah, it, it caused me to think. I, yeah, I, it you're to lecturing to
1: people. If you're not thinking about how they're receiving information,
0: yeah, absolutely, you're right. And and uh, and anyway, like it, did, it caused me to think that hey, you're right. There is no earthrise. I never thought about it. Mm-hmm. And a neat thing. Now I'm going to jump ahead 150 pages okay. because <laughs> because you're you're you've got the you know you you have the wrong set of priorities, and you have to leave me. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I uh, so here you know you have agreed with me that people aren't rational, and there's nothing you can do about it and i, I, oh, you I can no 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 hold on no. i just let, let, let's get to this because okay. you know i didn't say there's nothing to that. do about it
1: i'm saying uh, well, you the, can do the irrationality of a human being is a feature not a bug
0: a, yeah exactly okay. okay i agree with you there and want us to use that feature and so you talk about this and it really great on me this sort of this star must experience and i've had the same experience at googleplex we have these incredibly naive group of scientists who have no experience in the real world, never been politicians, never never had to do policy, suddenly think, I remember this, You know, Google put together these weekend meetings, and the, and at the end of it, people think they're solving the problems of the world and, in, a, in a weekend, and if they could be solved in a weekend, they wouldn't have been solved. So you have this great tweet, which I love. Well, sort of love. Earth needs a virtual country, rationalia with a one-line constitution. All policies should be based on the weight of evidence i think what you all you're saying is that country is science but that country can never be politics and you try and talk politics can well, sure never can. be based let me make the argument that politics can never be based on the weight of the evidence because it has to be because the whole art of politics is making decisions in advance of the evidence my wife used to work for the government of australia and she reminded me scientists used to would come in and think that their that the scientific issues were really relevant to politicians but the it wasn't but the politicians have a lot of other factors they have to deal with, including the known irrationality of humans. But and so, for example, the one example you use is capital punishment. Yeah, we should have a policy about capital punishment that's based on seeing if it deters crime, but we can't base it until we have a policy that there's capital punishment. So you have to in you have to have that policy or decide if you're gonna have that policy in advance of knowing anything. And I think a lot of the time, that's what politics is based on. So your ideal country is impossible because politics can never be based on the weight of evidence. What should happen is, if the evidence shows you're wrong, you should be able to change your policies. I agree with that. But you always have to make policies if you're a politician. I think.
1: I, I, what what is your brain invertedly wired in this moment? I, I don't. Why? I don't get what you saying. Somebody I'm wants. Getting, I'm to, saying
0: you you make a big point of saying that politics should always be based on the weight of
1: evidence. Invoke um capital punishment okay 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 so now you can do research and 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 talk to criminals talk to people who are already incarcerated you can talk to you you do your best you can psychology would be elevated to the most important science of a government under these in because human behavior is everything okay you know what the politics is the politics is not arguing whether this human cause global climate change the politics is do we tax um um uh, solar panels from china versus this do we have carbon credits but that's then you then you debate that and you say what is the evidence for carbon credits to achieve what we want what 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 insights do we have on this and, and then you talk about other things other credits, that, because maybe you don't have exactly carbon credits, but you have some other example.
0: But I you would profit. you're right. And I, I'm with you in spirit, complete. But I would argue that the, in the real world, you have to say ultimately, we have to decide on whether we're going to have carbon credits or not. And we don't know what the answer is going to be. And if we're oh, really going to be like, oh, let me finish. Evidence. Let me just finish one second. Um, you're, you're, by the way, the only person who can really talk over me as much as I talk over other people. But because but, um, <laughs> <laughs> we've but, had pollution credits. Right? That, no no hold on but you can say i think what you can say is we don't know for certain what whether they're going to have that effect what we what would be great in the rationality in the country rationality is if we then put in carbon credits and five years later we discovered that there were all these unexpected side benefits and side effects that suggested maybe it wasn't the best thing and we should have another policy if politicians were willing to say you know what we were our experiment failed let's try a new thing and that never happens but I think inevitably, uh, sure. in the real world, you would have to. Yeah, but I think in the real world, you always have to make policies in advance of knowing. Of uh, you have some evidence, and you have some basis for your for your presumption, but you never. And, and, certain. and then you base
1: the law, but right, and, and in proportion to that evidence, correct.
0: Okay. Well, we're, then we're completely agreed. We're both rational, and um, and, and by the way, the
1: irrational le- elements of being human, I think, is responsible for the greatest works of art.
0: There ever were no one is analyzing art saying how rational is it oh yeah, this yeah. Is oh, not- no, or, or, exactly nor are they saying it how useful is it they always say right, about exactly. science how useful is general relativity which it is useful but but they never asked that <laughs> about a, about a picasso painting or your fame or your favorite painting behind you van gogh um yeah they n- never asked that for a mozart symphony uh it, it, you know it's uh, it's and but science is like a mozart symphony at its best is like a van gogh painting it is part of our culture, which is what you said at the very beginning of the book. And which is one of the reasons why science and starring messengers can be important for our thinking about ourselves, because I care about you, Neil, and I know that you need to go. And I think that's a good way to summarize that, you know, I didn't really matter what part of the book we discussed, because I knew the discussions would be about the importance of science. And I really enjoyed it. I well, really, you're a really, deep really enough thinker it.
1: on most topics that any, any place, you know, you just Close your eyes and drop your finger. You know, throw a dart into the book; it's going to hit a place that makes a good conversation. So yeah, I with really you. enjoyed it. <laughs> that's
0: right. yeah. I no, I really did. Thanks a lot. All right, well, though. thanks. Was, thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it too. Dude, so if so if I, if I'm on Joe Rogan, I'll say uh, I had a longer interview with Lawrence Krauss. Lawrence that's what I said. telling. Oh, yeah, okay. I, that you. Then do he that. might try to top that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, of course <laughs> he will. Of course, that's okay. Okay, you take care, young man, because you're younger Dude. than me. And, uh, and, All right. <laughs> and, and, and be well, and I hope to see you in person sometime. You take care. All right, you got it. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. This podcast is produced by the Origins Project Foundation, a nonprofit organization whose goal is to enrich your perspective of your place in the cosmos by providing access to the people, who are driving the future of society in the 21st century, and to the ideas that are changing our understanding of ourselves and our world. To learn more, please visit originsprojectfoundation.org.